Are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or executive who's working hard at living a good story? What if you can start living a better one? Welcome to Living a Better Story, a podcast that goes deep and clears away the good so that you can be great. Hosted by Chad Burmeister and Rich Blakeman, we get you into alignment with your God-given purpose here on planet Earth. Don't settle. A better story is waiting for you to invest in yourself and living a better story. Hey, everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today I'm with a cool guy out of Dallas, Texas area. So Jake Jordan has been doing business coaching, life coaching with a Christian slant uh, for about five years now. His website is impactoverattention.com. And I'm sure to get in, I'm sure we'll get into why it's named that. So Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate you having me. I love the background. It's a moving, uh, constantly moving uh, life there. So does it, does it change? Do you get on a roller coaster at some point? (laughs) That would be cool. Wouldn't it? You know, it's just one of those things where you get to to choose your stuff, you know, like I'm a little grainy at the moment, but I can tune back in and get us, you know, back on the ride. So I love it. That's, that is a good use of technology, which is what all of us are using today. So let's rewind the tape to pre-technology. We go back to the dinosaur ages, maybe, probably not, but somewhere (laughs) in there. Uh, you know, maybe iPhones didn't exist. Flip phones were there. Pagers were just starting to come on the scene. My dad had a phone that was the size of a brick. Oh, yeah. When you were, you know, five, six, seven, eight, before the filters of the world were put on and you learned how to wear a mask to be someone you're not, <laughs> <laughs> what were you, what was Jake like as a child? Yeah, really competitive, uh, but really enjoyed life. Um, I, I love people and I love competing and I love growing. And so I played all the sports, every single one, and um, went to church from, from as long as I can remember, and um, had a supportive family. And I, I really just, you know, I have a very fond childhood memory up until high school, uh, until we got into what competition looked like in the real world. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good, good time to be Jake. Well, back in those days, it wasn't everybody gets a trophy. Actually, there was com- sure. competition, right? Sure. So even even at a young age, maybe a little more than, you know, maybe everybody did get a at least a ribbon for the swim meet or the soccer game or whatnot. But uh, not in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. in Texas. No. Nope. Interesting. Yep. So that, yeah, you and I have that in common. I've, my dad gave me my old hockey stick that I used to play roller hockey, not ice mm-hmm. hockey. Mm-hmm. And man, I could run, run around the kids in that game. <laughs> love it. I love it. Baseball is my sport. I always, baseball was my, my true love, but I played them all. Got it. I can just hear it hitting the wooden stick crack, you know, yep. hitting it out of the park every so often. Absolutely. Um, and so what's that com the connection, the thread between then and now in terms of competition, um, have you put a finger on that to real to recognize, hey, this is part of my strength, and how does that play into what you're doing today? Yeah, and and so I, you know, I, when I went through high school and kind of had to, I guess, weave through all that muddled garbage that you that you have to deal with being in, in school and even in college a little bit, um, I figured out that I just really appreciated excellence and performance uh, in myself and others. It wasn't necessarily even the competition. Um, I love p- performing. Um, and, and I like failing, honestly, I know it sounds like a very cliche thing to say, but I really like testing things out. Um, and, and when they fail, it's not a fail to me. Um, and I don't know if that's just something I was endowed with as a personality trait and, you know, cause I have high performing parents too. And, um, 
but I just really, I can, when I got older, uh, like a lot of people, I, I started doing things and, and realized I wasn't happy doing them. I was more just filling a gap and, and just recognized that at the end of the day, I like testing things out and trying things out and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And that makes me happy uh, in my own business and in other people's. I love it. Um, I can almost hear the title of this podcast. It's okay to fail. Oh, yeah. I mean, to have permission to fail, please fail, please fail. Right. And yes. I remember, uh, who is it? The, the Marine that's from San Diego that says, if it's bad, good. And he's yes. got a three minute video on it. And it's like, you got fired from your job. Good. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, you got in a fight with your spouse. Good. You right. know, and it's like, you're learned when you can run into those situations. So yeah, like um, one of my favorite books, actually, it's not a Christian book, uh, but it's uh, Ryan Holiday, The Obstacle is the Way. And uh, that's, it's all about stoicism, but like their, their view is good. Like now we know the way to go because there's a, a block there. So we're probably heading the right direction. Yeah, that's, that's outstanding. It, it just, it is amazing. I've had a couple of those this year so far mm -hmm. and, and you're right going into them. You're like, okay, been there, done that. I can still walk. My mm. mouth still works. I can breathe. I can smell. I can see. Right. <laughs> it's all yeah. there. It's true. it's true. You know, and and I, I talked to one guy on the podcast and I always used to use the example when I went to Elevation Church in Charlotte mm -hmm. and I'd walk out and I felt like I had the suit of armor every Sunday. Right. And I would use the example. You could cut off my right leg and I'd still be okay. Yeah. So I told the story to this person on the call and I didn't know. And two people, they both lost their their right legs, right? One lost wow. it in a car accident and one lost it from doing drugs and went into a coma three times and almost died. Wow. And, and I looked at him in the eyes and I was like, wait a minute, I've always used that example. And now you're exactly the person who's lived through that. And you're, you know, you're living the glory of God for the glory of God, just as I said, I would, if it happened to me. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice to have the examples, right? It's, it was, yeah, it is. I'm sure they'd like to have their leg back, but at the same time, like you said, there's a book on that. And That's a lot true. of times what's your hardest thing in life becomes your greatest gift. Yes. And he's like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely would want my leg to be gone right now. He's like, there's yeah. no, there's, it's what well, caused me to be who I am. What happens happens. And so it either becomes an idol or it becomes a blessing. I mean, there's just no way around it. It's one or the other. Well, so let's talk about that. I've heard you a couple of times talk about high school and trying to be someone you're not. And it led a little bit into college. There's something there, it sounds mm -hmm. like. So uh, what are you comfortable sharing, you know, uh, maybe then or maybe anytime, but we've always faced, everybody faces a mountain. And a lot of times, like we just said, it becomes something that's a gift. What, what was your mountain that you had to face? Yeah, I don't know if I can label it other than to say that when you come with a, from a, a household that really values excellence and doing well, and it's not housed in a way that's necessarily healthy, it becomes an idol, uh, especially in the, the society and culture we live in, where if you're not winning, you are, are a loser. Um, it's not like you're losing. Losing is one thing. A loser is a label on, on your character. And so, you know, I just, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. Um, I, I was very, very, very skinny up until ninth or 10th grade. Um, I, I just did not have a good idea of who I was and why I was valuable. And so, you know, I uh, got through high school, barely. Um, I failed English senior year and I had to go to summer school just to get my, my certificate. Um, and then I went to college and I flunked out of college because uh, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. That was my 
genuine goal in life. Um, and it didn't work out for me. Uh, I got injury and um, uh, really blamed God and, and was not happy with the fact that he put that, that fire in my heart and then just quenched it, you know? And um, so I flunked out of school and went into business for myself because, you know, entrepreneurialism is awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was just really a struggle of understanding who I was and why I was valuable and how, how I didn't have to do anything to be valuable, uh, which obviously very quickly when I was listening and ready translated over to my faith. Um, I didn't have to do anything to earn God's grace. Uh, it was a gift and even the faith he gave me uh, according to Ephesians. So it, it just became this um, theme in my life from the time I was 16 to 36, honestly, uh, where I was just like Job, uh, not like Job, like uh, Jacob, uh, my, my namesake, struggling with God, struggling for a blessing and struggling for the wrong blessing and, until I understood and struggled in a way that was pure, God finally let loose those, those walls and put me in a place where I could say, okay, this is how you built me to help other people. And now I'm willing to listen how you want me to do that. Wow. There's a, a friend of mine that I met a couple of years ago at a TED Talk, and he was one of the TED Talk speakers, Daryl Stinson. And mm -hmm. he wrote a book called Who Am I After Sports? Mm -hmm. And he similarly, you know, was going back playing basketball and football and thought he would be a superstar at one point. And then he wasn't, he had an injury and then he started taking pills to solve for that injury, went mm. back out on the football field, coach put me in and that led to even worse problems. And so now he helps athletes, his company's called second chance athletes. Mm. Um, so you, uh, you would relate to him and right. you know, it, he'd be a good totally. connection for you to have because he's totally. uh, yeah, 98% sure. don't make it to the major leagues are probably higher than 98, right? 99 probably at this point, point something. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a very, a very real thing. And there is life after sports and it mm -hmm. turns out you can leverage those skills and those mindset that God put in you towards almost anything else you want to do. Right. It's you great. Life lessons, like the military, yard, right? You could do a sales job, a marketing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but those skills are highly transferable, it turns out. Yeah, much like the military or, or high-level sports or any of those things, it's the, the lessons and the discipline are so valuable. And, and so not even career, just, you know, how you uh, communicate with people and uh, how you show up. Uh, so it's, yeah, for sure, I, that's something that I discovered. And, you know, I, I don't have like the big sob story where I hit rock bottom and, you know, but I drank a whole lot in my 20s. And um, I definitely was in a crisis in my faith from the time I was 21 to 27. You know, I studied lots and lots and lots of religions. Um, so, it, you know, I, I struggled like a lot of people did. Um, I, I, I probably just by the grace of God did not have to smack my face against the curb. Mm. Wow. Um, there's an interesting website. I interviewed the founder of On Purpose, and they've been at it for 27 years, I think. And he's got an app called onpurpose.me. Hmm. And it, it puts these competing purposes head to head till you get to your final two words. Oh, okay. And it's interesting because I think mine aligns 100% to yours. Mine were, and I would never have done this without the exercise. It's hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. Embra embracing grace. Because mm -hmm. you start from your perfect. I made you, you're my son. Like yeah. you're my daughter. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're exactly perfect. So just be the perfect person that I made you to be. And it's like the latest transformation I've gone through is, okay, I've got my dad who's imperfect, just as imperfect as I am. Yeah. It turns out he's a pretty freaking amazing dad. But yeah. when I was a kid, I was like, well, he doesn't come to my games. Cause he was a doctor and he's radiologist yeah. always busy. So yeah. I'm like, well, does dad love me? He doesn't say he loves me. And I sure. make up the stories. And I Absolutely. had a pretty good upbringing, Christianity and everything else. And yet 
you wouldn't know it because I just built that story around my head. But embracing grace, if you can now reallocate that and say, wait a minute, there is another dad and he's a perfect dad. Mm -hmm. And if you can, and you go, oh yeah, that guy actually created me for a purpose. Oh, it just gives you a whole, when you embrace that grace, forget about it. You know, the rest becomes so much less painful. (laughs) It does. And it's always in layers, you know, you you, you get a little bit more each month, each year of uh, once you decide you actually want to try and embrace that it unfolds in, in different, you know, layers year after year. And, um, which I think that that is also a gift that, that well, there's no way we can understand that all at once. He actually does it slowly for us so that we can fully appreciate each, each layer and level of, of graciousness. And that's, that's been really cool to see. And actually really kind of when I um, decided I wanted to go out full time again, I, I've, I've been probably in the marketplace, probably like 22 years or so. And I've spent about 50% employed and 50% self-employed. So I feel like I've, I've got a pretty good, you know, experience level to talk to both sides of that. And, you know, when I was in uh, ad agency and you know, I was a, a CMO, um, you know, the initial thought for, for the name Impact Over Attention came from, I'm just so tired of competing for attention for these companies I work for. It's, it's, it's re- relentless and it's, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of times worth very little. Uh, and I was like, I really just want to make a huge impact on these, on these people in the business um, and their, their bottom line and profit. But then as I let God work with that, it, it became way more about, how I help the leaders and the group be more impactful with their own actions each day uh, instead of just trying to climb the ladder or make more money for their organization. And so once again, like I, God could have revealed that all to me at once. And I probably would have ran towards it in, in a, in a way that wasn't as honoring as it could be. But instead I felt like he, he over a year or two or three or four and still revealing to me what that means for his kingdom versus me going, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I care about. This is why you should hire me. It's more like uh, even this year in August, uh, next month, I'm starting a discipleship uh, kind of portion of my, my business where I'm just taking guys out to, to do uh, solitary time. Uh, you know, leaders spend very little time in solitude uh, with God outside of possibly their morning devotionals and, you know, Sunday mornings. Uh, and, and, and God wants to talk to us. And so that, that's just another thing God's put on my heart personally. Like, I need you to put some time away that's not your Bible study because you still treat that like a checklist, even though you're trying not to, you still pray like you're going down a, a to-do list, uh, no matter how much you're trying, I need you just to be quiet and listen. Um, and so as I've been learning that, uh, you know, I, I want to turn around and hopefully tell people, this is what God showed me. And I think it's biblically backed. Would you like to try it too? Um, so I, I just love how God reveals those things in layers so that we're ready. He's, he's just so kind that way. It's interesting because I went to this retreat, executive retreat, non-Christian. It was a business thing, 48 CEOs. I was probably the lowest, a million dollars in sales. That was mm-hmm. the cut line. Right. <laughs> right like, I made it. it. <laughs> you know, and you have to like show proof and everything. Right. And then the, the top guy was $5.4 billion. And I'm at dinner and there's 48 of these folks. And there was a snowcat trip in Canada. And I'd been doing meditation for about a year, mainly using the Calm app, which I've yeah, heard some great. pros and cons to it, but I like for, it. Me, for me, it's a pro, so it's fine. Yeah. So I go up to the uh, sauna at the end of the night after a big day of skiing, and there's me and two people. And I'm like, hey, do you guys, let's meditate. This will be interesting. I've been doing it for a year and it's, you know, 10 degrees. 
Right. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's do it. We're going to sit on the mountain. Well, one guy's been doing it way longer than me. He jumps into the snowbank. So we get through 10 minutes. He's in the snowbank for 10 minutes. And then I'm with the other guy and, and we did it. And the, the other guy made it about six minutes. It was his first meditation. So I'd clearly built up a muscle and the other guy in the snowbank built up even bigger muscle. Well, then we start telling the story the next night in front of all these other 48 CEOs. We had 16 of the 48 people sitting out there, including the 5.4 billionaire. And so just to validate your demand for this solitude, you know, seeking of that, mm -hmm. yep. it was powerful. And to yep. be the person on the hill going, hey, I'm just God's vessel. That's what I started to say. Okay. I don't have to be a preacher. I don't have to have memorized every verse in the Bible. That's I, I did my piece. And then I can start to say, okay, now, now what other things can God use me for? That's right. If I can get a multi-billion dollar guy to sit on a mountain in 20 degree, wet, 10 degree weather for yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The, I think what's cool is as someone who, who has some authority and some influence, right? As an entrepreneur, you actually get to do some things, but then when you turn around and, and you hear God tell you something and you go do it, you know, I didn't do it. You just go out there and say, yes, sir, I'm doing what, faithfully, hopefully what you asked me to do and to see those type of things happen. That, that's such a huge um, boost to your faith. That when he, but, and it's like uh, lots of people are like, well, how do you know God exists or how God talks to you? I mean, I is that really a thing? Yeah, right. But there's so many opportunities to hear and obey that we, I think we just write off as, I don't know, like our conscience or, you know, something else. It's, it's just so, it's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, no doubt. We're launching an app in about a few days. It, it, it keep, we keep saying that because it's like, you know, it has to get perfect. So we keep changing one little piece. It's called 77 Pray. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, I just talked to someone earlier on the podcast who said, who's a mindset expert for years. And she said, 64 days is the real time it takes to right. film a habit. I always right. thought 20, like, 21, yeah. like yeah. we all used to think, right? 21. Yeah. So it's funny that we created 77. I kind of fashioned it after 75 hard, the mental toughness app, but 77 pray is pray when you wake up, which I never used to do. I always did it at the end of the day mm -hmm. and then bookend it. So you pray in the morning, pray at night, and then you read a Bible verse. So it randomizes the verse and you check the box. Yep. I did it. And it really holds yourself accountable. I've been in the alpha for probably 60 days by now. So I'm, mm -hmm. and it's now just total habit. I could delete the app and I'm yep. good. And yet my ability to tune into that station, it's, it's back to the level that when I was a kid, I'd go to night, I'd go to bed at night and I could have that connection mm -hmm. and I've reestablished it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's no evilness that's allowed on that channel, right? right. This is FM versus AM. This is serious X. Like there's no way there's a hacker coming into that channel. Sure. And sure. it's fun, man. So I'm excited to roll this thing out to a lot of people. Right now. It really is. It really is. And, and that's kind of the same idea, right? Is like, if, if I can figure out how to uh, just give people a couple tools to where that they can go and find solitude at least once a week themselves, um, then that's a win. Because at yeah. the end of the day, they, they get to hear from God and, and be more faithful in what they've God's got for their business. Um, and then from a business standpoint, I'm building relationships that at some point I'm going to have the opportunity to ask for their business too. So it's, it's a win-win when you follow God. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh man, that's, that's a pullout quote. There's another name for the podcast. Win-win <laughs> when you follow God. There you go. <laughs> that's there you awesome. Go. <laughs> um, so 
I was going to change this question. That is, what would you like to accomplish in life that would change everything for you? Um, let's think of a variation to that question. I had, mm. I had it a second ago. Um, <laughs> well, let's just go with that one, right? Okay. What, what's the thing? Or how do you how do you know you've done what God asked you to do? Uh, Talk to me a little bit about that idea. Yeah. I don't know why this comes up. So it must be Holy Spirit. Um, There's a song that talks about um, more of you and less of me, right? That's a verse in the song. And as I've thought and prayed about that over the years, I've thought God made us in his image and he made us perfect, like you said, right? So I don't want less of me. I want more of God in me. And so like God built me a certain way. So there doesn't need to be any less of me. There needs to be less of, of sin, but only he can, can remove that for me. Um, so I think that this success, and this is hard to put a measurement on, right? Um, I actually do a, an activity with clients um, called Hero on a Mission, where we actually write your obituary. And then we will work backwards into the projects that, how do you want to be remembered? Okay, what projects would you have to do in your life for people to say that when you die? Um and so I've, I've done that and I have an obituary and I have 10 projects and I have all this stuff. So I've thought a lot about this, but as we're talking here, uh, you know, I really just want, and I, maybe only I, me and a close circle of people will know this. I want to stop talking and let God do more talking. That's going to be success for me because whatever, whenever he talks and he acts in my life, amazing things happen. And so as I get older and my faith matures, that's actually really what I want. So I want more of his influence out of my mouth and my actions. And that's, I, I think that would have been uh, a cliche thing I would have said five years ago, but I actually really believe it now. Wow. I love that. Um, one thing that comes to mind in the apps, basically free, it's a dollar a month and it goes to charities. So it's cool. purpose built for people to connect to God's miracles for their life. Mm-hmm. There's an optional add-on where you can say add another task and it's date and time specific so you can say if you're working with a, a customer and say hey i need you to do what you know what do we mutually agree on 30 minutes a week you're going to go to your cabin or you're going to walk outside and sit in the park or whatever that is mm-hmm. you can say thursdays at four great put it in the app gotcha. and then you've got the ability you know hey send me a screenshot of your app at the end of the month i want to make sure you did that Nice. So you book in prayer. The other part is it's sharing the app with other people. So that's why I believe this is going to grow to a viral level that only God could have planted in me. And I'm like going, holy cow, I've read a lot of books over time mm-hmm. and I've never built a viral app. Right. And and yet it was God just tugging on me going, you got to do this. And I was like, yeah. really? And people are like, don't do it unless it's really from God. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I believe me, <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of building this thing, but I'm building right. it. Right. And so we're about $40,000 of investment in talk about a level of trust. Right. And it's like, man, it's going to be fun. Cause I've experienced it, you know, living yeah. that day to day. So yeah, for sure. And, and whatever God is doing with it, I think that's, that's the challenging part, right? You're always like, hey, I have a vision for what this will look like because God wanted me to do it. And then you have this okay, but are you listening to what I want to do with this app? Yes, it's yes. always the challenge, right? Yes, right. And that, and that's where I came to the conclusion or a last living a better story event is whether I wrote up like a one with a lot of zeros and then I put my hand over it. I'm like, whether it's one, 10, a hundred, a thousand, a million or a billion, right? doesn't matter if we reach one person. And right. that's, that's really, it's, it will all have been worth it. 40,000, $44,000, but who's counting? 
all worth it if we've reached one person. And what's really cool, I've heard lots of stories of this because I, my, my brother's a developer and, um, you know, that 44,000 literally could be to reach one person who doesn't know Christ, who turns around and, and you know, gives that back to you tenfold monetarily. Yeah. So it's, it's so cool. It's so cool to think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's where it was. I read one verse and I'm going to blank on what it is, but it's, it's tempt me on this one. And apparently that's not really what it says. That's a translation of an American translation. Right. It's not supposed to tempt God, right? But right. the real word apparently from Greek was something like prove. Let me prove it to you. Yes. But yes. it's changed into tempt. And yeah, so test like, okay, is in some translations. Yeah, it's test. Yeah. So yeah. test, test God. And it's like, I will open the floodgates of heaven if you tithe. And to, and tithe, I've always thought, well, I, I'm not at the 10%. My dad and my brother always have been probably my whole, my brother's whole life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not up to that standard. And yet time, talent, possessions. And I look at it as God's accrued a lot of interest on my 10% lack there of tithing. I'll do it for a while. And then we move churches or we, whatever. Yep. So, so now I'm like, okay, God, you've built, you've accrued a lot of interest in my life. Right. <laughs> and so it's, it's payback time. And, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's think about this question, which is you go back to when you're in high school and you give yourself that one piece of advice. What is that? That's tough, right? Because having kids, you learn even more about when you were a kid, because you see them, you're like, Oh yeah, I thought that way. Oh, Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like some lessons you just, you can't get till you're older. So I, when they ask that question, them, right? I don't even know I would if I would listen, right? Yeah. Would I listen to older me? So it's almost just like, you know what? You're loved. Yeah. Just remember yeah. that you're loved. Yeah. That's good. Because when you're always seeking approval through performance, that's ultimately what you're looking for. Love and acceptance, right? So I think that's where I would start. That's awesome. Okay, let me flip that because you may not have gone through this exercise and you're welcome to steal this and use it with someone else because I obviously did. Um, <laughs> Best they do stolen. it in a one hour setting. So we're going to do it in a minute. But okay. you go outside of your house. You, there's this huge life-size bird. You get on the bird, like a joust bird, right? Like in a video game. And you fly 20 years in the future. Mm. And, you know, he takes you through the mental exercise. You're in the clouds. You're totally safe. You're not buckled in, but you're not going to fall. And, you know, now you go down to land, could be wherever in the world or even on another planet, whatever. And it takes you down and there. And then you go up and knock on the door and there is your future self. And then you take inventory of everything that's in the room. What's the house look like? Where in the world is it or the universe? Who's there with you? What's on the tape? Like all of it. Then you're leaving and your future self says, hey, bro, think of this, right? And gives you that one little nugget that you can now take back to now. So now you get back on the bird, you come back to this moment. I run that mental exercise now, I'll be watching a TV show. And it's really fun to go out in the future and come back and tell yourself something. Because you can you run through so many right. neurons are firing. Right. It's like my first one and it's still in my mind. And then I bought a thing of it it's me in greece or something in the mediterranean on mm. one of those white houses with a ladder leaning against the house right. and i was a little disheveled and my face was a little thinner so okay got it lose a little weight i get it <laughs> you know and yeah. you go yeah. through that of what's the perfect state yep and then my other scary one okay where's tracy where's my wife and mm. I'm, I'm like okay she must be shopping in the market or right. out with the <laughs> girls or something you know right 
Um, but did, did anything come to mind for you in that short? Yeah. Time? Yeah. I mean, cause the, the obituary exercise brings about the same thing. Cause I read my obituary every day. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 there's these things 10 years from now that I want to accomplish and I visualize what those look like. Um, and so to your point, like I have a, a cabin in Wyoming, um, you know, with the wife there and I'm traveling once a month, uh, you know, to destinations and, uh, discipling guys. Um, and I'm the head of a, a fund. Uh, I have a, a goal to have a hundred million dollar funds, uh, in 10 years where I'm, I'm the chair of it. I'm not running it anymore. Um, and so like, that's really easy for me to, to visualize that because I read it every day. So that's kind of one of the things where I help, you know, when I, in my coaching. So a lot of times I, I actually take away a lot of the stuff and simplify people's days. Um, and then help them find ways to cement that. Like you only need these three things to get where you want to go. And I think what, that's, that's where God's connected that solitude um, from a faith side is that I'll give you what you need if you'll just listen, right? And so if, if I can help guys listen and then help translate that even into their career or business at some point, then we're, we're going the right way. If I have found that in, in the past, I go backwards a lot is, Hey, I have an idea. God, will you bless this? That was kind of the first stage, right? Then the second stage was, Hey, thanks God for that idea. Here's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. And then the kind of the third stage where I'm, I feel like I'm trying to work into now is, Hey, this is your idea. And how do you want me to do it? Yeah. Right. Right. And so when, I, when you get there, then you can actually start with God, listen to God, answer God, and then go out and take action with God. Oof. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm between two and three and it's like, yep. Trying to jump between both of those points. Absolutely. Every day it's a battle. That's awesome. Wow. What an amazing conversation. Um, so I'll, I'll ask the last question because it's, it's an important one and some, everybody answers it slightly differently. And that mm-hmm. is what role does faith play in your journey, in your life? I think it depends when you ask, right? Yeah. I think it, 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 in my life today, um, it's, it's such an easy and such a hard answer. I think the easy answer is it's, it's in this, it's in the chair in the center of my life, right? It's, it's one of those exercises, campus crusade for Christ. You know, there's a chair in the middle of your life that you bow down to. There's a throne and whatever's in the middle is what you worship. And that's what your life's about. And, you know, I, I put Jesus there, um, or attempt to every day, right? That that's how, how faith plays a role. But more practically, I would say kind of what I've just been discussing is faith Faith is, is continuing as I grow older to help me make b- better decisions by going to the source. Um, and, and the more I get um, rooted in my faith, the less they're my decisions, the more they're his. And, th- and that leads for so much more meaning and happiness in my life than any other time every day. I, I feel like it gets just a you know, half a degree better um, because it's, it's one of those really cool things that's hard to describe, especially I've got teenagers, right? And there's lots of hard questions I have about faith. And it's like, yeah, but how do you know, dad? How do you know that, that God's real and that he's working in your life? And, and sometimes you just have to go, you'll get it when you're older. It, 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 he keeps pouring into you as long as you keep seeking him. So there's a guy, Dr. Jim Wilder, a neurotheologist, and he didn't start that way. His parents were uh, traveling ministers and, you know, in other foreign countries. And he at first had no belief and thought, Hey, what is all this? I'm a teenager, you know? So he meets a buddy at this church and they say, we both don't believe. So they go, okay, cool. Let's just, let's, let's test God. We're going to pray to him for like 20 days in a row and let's see, let's compare notes. 
And he said, Chad, you wouldn't believe it. It was almost word for word, the exact same thing that they were told each day. Mm -hmm. And it was like, holy cow. So when I, when he was able to connect source like that and compare mm -hmm. notes, he, that's when he went in and studied it. And so now he focuses on both the mindset and the spirituality side all in one. And he told us at the fire pit, this was, I was introduced to him and three days later he was at our fire pit because he lives an hour and a half away. And that's how God works. Right. And he's like, I'm like, how did you decide to go? He goes, well, I, I asked God if I should go. And God said, yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> and that's the litmus test, right? He's able to discern things at a hot, much higher level than most people can. And I've, I've met a lot of people like that these days that are like, I can just know because I'm connected. Well, and I, I do think the more time you spend with God, that's how you get better at discerning. And we spend so much time in everything else. Of course, we can't tell sometimes. We're not yeah. tuned into that channel, like you said. Yeah. Oh. And so one thing he said, we were starting to write a kid's book because we, we were at our retreat and a guy writes kid's book. And I said, yeah, I never even thought about it, but let's do it. You're hired. So we start writing the book and it's on choices. And I said, hey, I'm writing a book on choices. And he just smiled because he had a book on choices, uh, neurotheology in his trunk. <laughs> of course he did. Of course. Yeah. And I was like, so, you know, what, what, what advice would you give? Like, I go ask my mom. She has a different answer. I ask Rich, who's at the fire pit. With, everybody has a different answer. Yeah. Right? For Rich, it was, well, I first look at how it affects other people, then how it affects my family, then me okay, that's noble. Other people might flip it. Other people might say God for all these different ways. So he said, well, here's the thing, Chad, there's 600, either 13 or 14 simultaneous laws in the old Testament mm -hmm. that one was required to follow back in the day and probably still today. And he said, there's, so if you have two hostile choices, it's two to the power of 613. And he goes, do you know how big of a number that is? I go, what? Yeah. All the sand on the beach in California? He goes, no. Every neuron in the known universe times two times 3.14. And you and I both know what 3.14 is. 3.1417, blah, blah, blah. It's mm -hmm. infinite. Yep. So there's an infinite number of choices that look like there's two, but that's that's a lie. There's not two choices. There's right. So I was like, okay, so what's the answer then? So, well, well, the answer is it's kind of the, what would Jesus do? What would God do? Cause it's above your pay grade. So I don't know, God, what would you do? And the second one was interesting to me. And it goes along with your line of the, the gravestone. And, and I'll even I'll even go add, add a cherry on top of what you've been doing. How would you optimize not for your gravestone, but for the history of time? Hmm. And I was like, same, same. I'm like, oh, so because that makes you play bigger. Hundred million dollars, cool. Mm -hmm. For what and why right. and how many people am I? And so God, like when I've set quotas and things, we've sold six million dollars at my company in the last three years since we've been in business, maybe mm -hmm. three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, originally I thought if I could just get to five hundred thousand in the first year. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and my a, a colleague of mine, why would you set a quota like that? You're putting an upper limit on it. Right. I was like, oh, so if you optimize for the history of time playing with God's playbook, then it's a different thing than the, than the headstone, I think. For, for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest challenges actually we find is most people can't think that far in the future. Totally. totally. They just can't do it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. Wow. What a fun conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you, Jake, uh, Jake J from Jacob. <laughs> right. uh, cool name. I love it. Mine Thanks. was Chad. It took a little while, while to, uh, to grow <laughs> into that one, but, uh, but now I realize it's my one of one fingerprint and that's okay. There you go. So, 
That's right. Uh, really good to have you. If someone wants to get a hold of you and have a deeper conversation, how would they reach you? Well, impactoverattention.com is a great place to, to check stuff out. And then I'm on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I have a show there on Fridays. Um, I'm pretty active in a lot of spots there. So you can come find me on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the Living Better Story podcast. Chad Burmeister, your host. And we've been talking with Jake Jordan. And uh, really, pleasure having you. God is good. God is good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living a Better Story. We hope that today's show has inspired you to cultivate a better understanding of yourself so you can discover your God-given purpose and start living a better story. For the show notes, visit livingabetterstory.org forward slash podcast, where you can also find other helpful resources. Connect with us and join us again next time for another purposeful show.